The COVID pandemic saw us all locked down, often cut off from family and friends. In the online world, though, hatred and conspiracy festered. Many Australian Muslims suffered COVID-related abuse. Associate Professor Deria Inner of Charles Sturt University helped compile the latest report from the Australian Islamophobia Register. We see really clear patterns in terms of gender, age and race can be enablers of Islamophobia. For example, 78% of victims are women and 70% of perpetrators are men. But it means that one third of perpetrators are women. There are also interesting gender dynamics there, but this is the gender pattern we see. But also in terms of age, victims are from younger cohorts, especially 20 to 30 age group. And perpetrators are from older cohorts, like a 40 age and above. So from what I gather, most victims, they would be young Muslim women, visibly Muslims, young women wearing the headscarf, for example. Yes, visibility is a big, big indicator because even when you look at the rhetoric, both in online and offline hate rhetoric, the most popular rhetoric is about Muslims' religious visibility. But also another layer is vulnerable people are selected for a purpose. When I say vulnerable, it is women with hijab, women with children or children alone. We don't see many women attacked or abused in the presence of a male company, for example. Mm. We don't see any child abused in the presence of a male company. So there is for sure a misogynist, I think, selection, but I would say it is very opportunistic as well because people are trying to target individuals who cannot defend themselves. But also, we also had men wearing traditional or religious long robes, and they were identifiable, and they're attacked, they're targeted as well. And these tend to be abusive or aggressive comments on the streets in public places? Yes, unfortunately. Now, the COVID-19 pandemic posed a particular challenge. Um, What was that? How did the pandemic add to these incidents of Islamophobia? That's a really good question. One thing is the number of reports dropped significantly in this period. So we had about 90 cases reported, but we can see some reasons behind that. First, reporting Islamophobia was not priority for Muslims because they were going through a lot of other challenges. So reporting Islamophobia was not their priority. But also, as you know, that time, anti-Asian racism was on the rise. So it gave a temporary, I think, release for Muslims from racism. And also the physical circumstances were not eligible, convenient enough to commit physical abuses. It is very much in line with the trend in the other Western countries as well. So it's not unique to Australia. Interestingly enough, when we look at the entire range, we ask people to express if there was any emotion they felt That expression of negative or impactful emotions increased in 2020 and 2021. 
especially in response to online cases. So online cases were also impacted. The sort of harassment that Australian Muslims faced during the COVID pandemic, it was based on what? Uh, Accusations that they weren't observing lockdowns, I think, was one of the accusations. Yes, I think there were some news about Muslims not following the rules and restrictions and not doing their jobs properly as if they caused COVID outbreak or new clusters starting in the Muslim regions or Muslim-populated suburbs. So that was the rhetoric sometimes in media as well. And as a result of that rhetoric, we see everyday people harassments. Similar, I think, logic was echoed or followed. For example, one Muslim was abused for not wearing the mask properly. But when you see the rhetoric, it is beyond that because there are some deep-rooted, I think, sentiments behind it as if Muslims are backwards, they don't know how to follow rules, or Muslims as if they're bringing COVID from overseas by flying from their home countries to Australia and as if not following their restrictions and that's why causing lockdowns. There were some incidents, though, I think, where Islamic leaders themselves did have to, and we interviewed a couple on this program, did address their communities about the importance of suspending large gatherings, large family and community gatherings. I think that was particularly the case in Melbourne. How did those incidents feed into public prejudice? Yeah, but again, I will just project on media as well, because that was a case and the media announced that that outbreak was due to a school and a teacher in that school not following properly rules. But again, when you look at these news and the community's response and the school's response, the school was uh, shut down by that time. So it's impossible. So I see that this putting pressure on Muslims and especially during, I think, celebrations For example, when there was no congregational prayers on Fridays, so there were still speculations about Muslims spreading the virus. So I think that were unfounded fake news. Associate Professor Deria Inner of Charles Sturt University and the Australian Islamophobia Register.